creating more leaders that people uh, want to work for. That doesn't mean that they're the nice guys either, by the way, but continuing, I guess, that mission of trying to help build effective leaders and specifically, you know, particularly those frontline leaders. Try this bad boy out for science. You are welcome to take a seat at the table where we use a new lens, where humanity are stakeholders. Different distinctions encouraged, intention starts from a no-judgment zone, a certain age is not criteria, and where you become comfortable with the uncomfortable to facilitate a new conversation. Welcome, Paulette, to the Thank decision table. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome, girl. Um, I'm so excited because I haven't had a chat since probably, was it my birthday? Is that the last time we talked? Oh, my gosh. So long ago, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. So um, one of the things that we've been doing here on the decision table is just having conversations. I figured that I didn't want another year like 2020, although there were some really amazing things that came out of it. It was a pretty challenging year, too. And I, you know, the whole New Year's resolution thing, there's a whole big thing around it with, with some people going, you know what? we should do them. Other people going, oh, no, we don't do those anymore, you know, that sort of thing. And I thought, well, what am I willing to do and how will I do it in a way that will hopefully bring some change about so that it's not another year like last year? And so I thought, you know, one thing I can do that's in my hands is I can have a conversation with someone new every day. And so that's what I began. I began having conversations with someone on this table and using a lens. Again, I figured that part of the reason, you know, what's happening across the world is is because we continue to do things the same way. So we need some change. And with that, I think there's a, an upgrade to how we can do our approach to leadership. And a lot of yeah. that's less about telling people what to do and more about what if we use lenses to start a new conversation and maybe see how we can be more effective as leaders. So that kind of filled up the whole of last month. And boy, did we have some amazing conversations. It was really interesting, Paulette, some really interesting insights and some things that I think that we take for granted a lot, right? Mm -hmm. And it was really interesting hearing that. This month, the lens is uh, the lens of the, what I think, which is the next, I'm writing three white papers and this is the next one, and that is the importance of the muscle of human intelligence. I believe it's a secret advantage that each one of us have. And uh, what I mean by that is literally, what are you using the data that you've got as a human? What are you doing with that? How are you getting that? What are you then doing with that? And I know in your world, you're a pretty smart woman. You're very humble. And I did write that as part of the thing because I probably have never met someone quite so humble as you are. Um, <laughs> but you are. You're very smart, but you're extremely humble with that and extremely giving. And and I think that that's a really powerful combination. Where do you think that's come from? I think from... Uh, I think it comes from an early age and I think it comes, I come from a, a you know, a European family. So I came with the initial uh, bring up in life that um, you work to, to live. You don't, you know, well, you live to work. You don't work to live, I think, is probably the, the where I where mm. I started. I had, you know, three jobs when I was 15 and I came from the generation that used to tuck money under the bed. So you work your way up slowly um, and uh, I guess also just you know lessons of of respect to you know to, to to those around you I think it was probably I had something I, I was kind of brought up with really early and so I did a lot of listening when I was younger and uh, and paying attention and uh, you know always kind of had those set of values from a really early age I think and, uh, and I've, I've always used them as I've kind of got older as well and so I've always had someone who was there to help somebody else. I've always been brought up with, you know, think about things from somebody else's perspective. Uh, I think I've always been brought up with if you have the ability to help brighten someone's day, you do that. And so that's that's probably some philosophies that I've taken me today. 
And yeah, uh, I really do think they have taken you into today. It's amazing. <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, can I can I just say something about the listening? I just want to do that first because um, it's something that's come up so much in the last mm. couple of days. Like seriously, I cannot tell you how many times it's come up. We need to listen more as as leaders. And you say that's something you're good at. How are you good at that? How can we learn from that? How can we do that more effectively? The difference between what people say and listening to why they're saying it. And, uh, you know, I think that's the big issue we see with leaders at the moment. It's the mm. number one element of feedback on every staff survey mm. we do is that we never, you know, there's not enough communication around here. We don't get enough feedback. And leaders are like, we tell them all the time. We tell them all the time, yeah. but I don't. They're hearing it in a way that is relevant to the individual. And I, I think that's the biggest, the biggest thing is, is leaders listening to and understanding that people want to also understand how they fit into to the equation. So yeah. um, that's the difference between, you know, people are hearing so many things now, now more than ever. Yeah. You know, I think you know, people are, are listening to, reading, absorbing um, with uh, the, the most amount of information than we've ever done. And so the bits that they choose to take on is going to be the things that are going to be impacting and impactful for them. And so it, it's making sure that messages are really cleverly crafted and meaningful to an individual for them to better take that on. So, yeah, I think I think the thing about, about leaders is never, it's never been as tough to be a leader than it has been right now, um, yeah. nor been in a time where the world is crying out for leadership so yeah and i think that is showing yeah, great yeah to both of those things <laughs> yeah. it, it really magnifies when you have a great leader jesus mm. stands up and when yeah. you have a crappy leader jesus stands out and and covid yeah. has really done that it's kind of shown that 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 in a really big way i think yeah. Do you know what? There's so many layers to what you're saying. Even the fact that when you think about the, if we're listening and we've got to listen more and yet we've got uncertainty at the table, how do we know how to then communicate in ways that are going to be the right ways? And I think that that's really tricky. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, I come, I come from the HR lens and so I'm, I come from the lens where I think leaders have got too scared to say their opinion in mm -hmm. some ways. And so they hold back sometimes and then they wait and they wait and then something happens and then it comes out in the wrong way. And yeah. so sometimes uh, you've got to have an environment of trust first. And I think that's the, the biggest thing to understand around opening up communication. If you don't have that environment where people feel safe and where they trust their leaders, it's very difficult to open up conversations because people are always looking at what is that about? Is that about me? Is there is that going to have an impact on me? Why is this person saying that? So I think that's the first thing to establish before you start to open up conversation uh, and share. Uh, but the second thing I think is that uh, sometimes, like everybody's story is so meaningful, right? And you're you're seeing that now mm -hmm. on the table, and often. Uh, when we go into organisations and we try and, you know, talk about the leader or ask staff what they know about their leader, they don't really know anything about them. And so I think that, you know, in, in, in terms of the muscle of human intelligence, sometimes it's just sharing their own story of what's got them to where they've got to and why they yes. have those opinions and, and, and standards and um uh, and 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 habits and uh, and beliefs, you know, and where that's come from and why I think is also the second part that's really that's really important today, you know, particularly. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree that everyone's got a story and that the story is giving the perspective to why they have or have come to the conclusions that they have and you know their value they're adding to the table. And we're often excluding the story or leaving the story out or parts of the story and only taking a segment that might be something we're used to or that is something that we've known in the past. And I think that that's the interesting piece about this. Mm. Um, you know, we, we talk about then, well, I talk about and have talked many times with many people on this table about the need for a new approach to leadership. And one of those pieces is that you are 
doing something new, that you're pioneering a new space. When you bring that with trust, that's quite a difficult spot to be in, right? Like how do you, and, and the whole side of leadership evolving, how do you evolve with leadership if, you know, this is new and it's not proven, but you know that this is the way to go? Um, how do you build trust in that way? Well, I think you've, I think firstly, you've got to have a clear vision. And because I think, you know, the reality is, is if you want anyone to kind of follow you somewhere, you've got to actually know where you're going. And you've got to share with people where you would like, you know, where you're kind of trying to take them or where you're trying to take the organisation. Uh, and so having a a belief about something or being passionate about something or a direction about something, I think is the first thing. The second thing is in in terms of building that environment of trust is 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 also being prepared to be vulnerable and exposing um, you know all sides of you as opposed to just the the the, the dominant, strong, you know, um, clear side. Because I think part of that is also about building connection with team members. Oh, I think that's the key, the connection piece, yes. The connection piece is the bit that we see missing and that will inevitably be the thing that absolutely generates and 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 helps establish some of those strong bonds, I think. And 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 they're the bits that I think can sometimes be missed out. And so uh, you know, I think I think it's the uh, first is the vision, I think second is the is the environment that you put around your team or, or whoever it is, your community, um, your, your the groups of people that you are looking to build the relationship with and ultimately then uh, the consistency around those two messages, making people feel safe, having a clear vision. Um, I think those are the things that start to help build the foundations of trust. Um, but it doesn't happen overnight. And I think, you know, that's, that's some of the things we found around COVID is... Yeah. You know, people coming out and then trying to, to to do all these things that they have never done before, and ask things of people that they've never asked before, and ask themselves why aren't people doing it? Um, and so, you know, that's that's where I, you know, the, the the organisations that had those clear, consistent messages, the rhythms, the the, the care for um, their you know their team and and for what were happening, that's where I think they found team members came on board with that and wanted to try and do the right thing. Mm. Yeah, and I think having clear vision is so important. I think that having clear vision when you continue to evolve, which I believe is part of this new uh, approach to leadership, is that we are actually not, we don't have it all proven, we don't have all the vision right. Like, no, here's the thing. I think that the vision never changes as in the core principle to the vision never changes, the result you want, the outcome, if you know what that is. Yeah. But I do think that we are continuously needing to, to evolve and the fact is that we evolve because maybe we've got a different variable that's now come to the decision table maybe it's a different you know person with their an amazing human that's brought their distinctions to the table so there's differences that are now coming that bring in something that's a little bit different and we have to evolve with that how do we take how do we take people on that journey when it's not so much the proven vision? Yes, we've got it sorted out, but part of the sorting out is that we're learning from those that are at the table. And I think that this is an interesting concept because we're used to going, okay, Paulette, I'm going to invite you. I'm going to invite these seven other people because I know they're going to be behind this vision. And yeah. I think that we lose out on something because yeah. we don't necessarily want everyone agreeing. We don't necessarily want everyone. We want different perspectives so that we can hear from that and then maybe evolve with that and then innovate actually what the solution is needed. Yeah, I, I think so. And I think, I mean, I, I, I think for me, I think you said that the vision is clear. I don't think that that's the case all the time. So yep. more often than not, and I would have to say 90% of the time, we would go into an organisation and we ask any team, and we, we go in and kind of ask five things. We'll ask what are the vision, where, what, what's important to the organisation, what is the vision that's happening? And I would have to say from a from an employment perspective, mm. we would say less than, less than 
80% would be clear on what that is. And, uh, you know, I think from a bigger perspective, from a from a community and, and, and from some of the other organisations we work with, they're really clear. But I actually think that's the bit that's actually missing is that. Yeah. And I know yeah. we talk about it all the time and so people are like, what, you can't understand? Of course you've got to have purpose at the centre of the business. Of course that's central. But when you actually go and audit that, when you go and check that and yeah. you ask you ask team members, why are you here? What, what, what is, why does your organisation exist? Well, what is it that you do here? The, yeah. it's, it's very rare that people will come out and be really clear. And especially, um, you know, sometimes you'll find in, in, in coaching businesses or not-for-profits or things like that, yes, generally, of course, they're, doc, they're, they're indoctrinated in people. There, there is that there is that connection. But mm. I would say in, in, in a lot of businesses, it's it's definitely not and so um that core purpose of why people come to work each day and what they're trying to deliver each day can get stuck in the day-to-day of uh i'm coming here to do my job and and so uh, I, I think it and, and 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 same with the values like there's so much that's done around values and, yeah. and fit culture uh, and yeah and that's where we find those ones that are coming forward are really clear on that uh, because of that the reason you know and we, about a lot to think that everybody understands the vision everybody understands the values i would certainly say and we work a lot with you know small to medium-sized businesses so businesses up to up to 100 staff Mm. uh, and i would i would be surprised at the amount of times that we would have people who come in who know the answers to those questions Mm. and even if they do if they do they're on a mission to change the world or increase conversations how does their role fit into that yeah. So even yeah. if they know what the organisation does, how do how do I as the business analyst, or how do I as the programmer, or how do I as the you know person on the front, how do I impact that? I would I would say less than one percent, less than two percent of yeah. of people that we come across we would know the answer to that question, um, and and then how do you impact that each day? Even less, even less. So wow. You know, the questions that we would say what's the vision uh even if they're in they're in an organization in in a different department how do you impact that vision and then similarly what are you doing each day to 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 impact that they they wouldn't be able to ask you and so they're really good questions that we start with when we start to talk to organizations is what is that um what are you focusing on you know Mm. what are you What's really important uh, for you to contribute? What What are you focusing on in the next ninety days? Those types of things are, are I think, sometimes we take them for granted that everybody knows them, but uh, they certainly do, and they certainly help. I think build some of those uh, improved communication lines, but also understanding what they are doing in an organisation, which helps build that connection. How do you show that as a benefit, though? So added value, you know, a lot of things like when you can triple your double line, your bottom line, it's an easy, you know, example of of an indicator that this is working. How do we show things like vision, core principles, all the things that you're saying right now uh, are just absolutely, you know, so important to the foundation of things yet a lot of this thing you know like the i i talk about the muscle of human intelligence why because it's such a secret advantage i believe to you being able to grow at a much faster pace when you know how to exercise that yet showing that as proof is not always easy how do you do that um, look, I think I think now we're definitely seeing the importance of clarity of vision and how it impacts people, and the and the measures are starting to come in uh, yeah. because people are choosing to work for an organisation or a brand, and they're certainly choosing to, to stay or leave because of a leader. And so it's a yeah. number one reason that people will leave or stay in an organisation. So if you then start to look at measuring around retention, engagement, um, productivity, all of those become tangible benefits that. Yes. In bottom line, so if you go back to the commercial realities of of, of some measures, mm. um, you can certainly you can certainly put those into into perspective. And we would say we you know we look at high achieving organisations as opposed yes. to high performing organisations, and they are always the questions that we ask. So we yes we can look at sales and targets, but yeah. we know they know the vision, if they know the values, if they know what they're focusing on, if they know one thing that they're working on to, to develop themselves, um, if they know one thing 
and they can share something that they've learned or you know improved if they've put in place an innovation those are the measures that we're now looking at for high achieving organizations yeah if they're doing that they're probably achieving the sales target or the yes uh, well i know that it has that massive um domino yeah. effect on it right but often it's those other things that'll get uh measured but this side of it doesn't get measured so much yet yeah, so important like i don't think it's one or the other i think that it's a massive uh you know combination of it i just don't think the importance of it has been expressed on the other side of it and 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 it's and it's hard because the data is hard to measure at times well it's coming and it's becoming very obvious because people will leave an organization and people can't find talent so the mm. reason measures are becoming important is you cannot hire someone if you don't know what your positions are candidates are interviewing employers more than they've ever done before that's and so that's true really yeah, yeah. And they're not staying. And so the the workplace has shifted so so considerably now. I mean, we call this a total new workplace. It's not a nine to five mm. Monday to Friday based anymore. It is not come and work and spend the rest of your life in an organization. Yeah. Like it is it is a, a person is likely to stay in a business for two, maybe three years, but they're also likely to have another job and do something else. Mm. And so all of traditional ways that we would engage people, which is you've got to be there 8 till 5.30 and yeah. Friday and sign a non-compete and don't work for anyone else. It's just no one's going to sign up for that anymore and they want to believe in and work for a leader that they are passionate about and who they care about and who they think is actually going to do something um, or help them in some way. And so all of those decisions, are, um, uh, you know, we're seeing as really, really critical and having a way to share that as an organisation becomes that fundamental part of, of being able to attract the right people to the business. But it also will be the number one reason that people leave your business. So, you know, we do exit interviews on exit interviews and, I, you know, 80% of the time people are leaving because of their direct, their direct line manager. And so, you know, that when you start to look at those numbers and you start to look at the cost of, of bringing people on and training them and doing all of those things, they are things that are definitely making a difference. Yeah, right. Okay, so how how can we be more effective? How can we be smarter? How can we do it more effectively? I think we've got to, uh, I think we've got to, people just need to, we need to draw a bit of a line in the sand. And so I think the world has gone through some, some big issues. I think leadership has gone through some big issues. Mm -hmm. And I think there just needs to be this appreciation for the fact that we've got to do something different uh, and that the workplace and in the world, but certainly in my more localised place of the workplace, is definitely changing. Uh, and so we've got to change with it and put up the mirror and say, right, what what's working, what's not working, uh, how do we challenge what a workplace um, looks like, you know, today and what mm. do we want it to be? So I think it's an exciting opportunity to, you know, not not do things because we've always done it to actually go yeah. what are those foundations around now what we uh and how we want to be able to do business and what does that now mean teams and leaders and how we operate and, and hours that we work and where we work from and and those kind of things that come in place so i think it's about an appreciation of understanding that you know we we are in a different time and therefore that needs a different leadership and the my way or the highway just doesn't work unless you want to work for yourself. So uh, this is about engaging a team and, and taking people on a journey and taking them yeah. in, in, and enlisting them onto, you know, what you're trying to do. And uh, if you don't share, you know, those things with people, they're just not going to come on board. Uh, and I think the other thing is about recognizing uh you know this is this is this sounds like such a small thing but it makes such a big difference particularly in workplaces or you know where there is uncertainty and people are changing all the time it's being also really clear on your exit strategy for a business to recognize that people might not be with you forever but when mm -hmm. they're going to be with you what are they going to walk 
pay with. How do we open those conversations more transparently? Um, so we joke now, our organisation, we have a no resignation policy and we do that because we don't want people kind of coming in and, and, and leaving at the last minute. We want people to be opening up those conversations really early and, and also recognise that it's going to happen. So if we can try and open up how people come into an organisation and how people exit an organisation um, and that's not a it's not a scary thing. I think it opens up leaders' conversations to actually have more challenging conversations with team about developing them and pushing them outside their comfort zone and giving them feedback openly and honestly. But vice versa, it does the same yeah. thing. So, uh, you know, some in, in, in obviously different countries, different, different ways of doing things. We have fair work in Australia. And I think it has broken down and made people too scared to say anything. And, and there are big issues that are happening mental health and and um you know drugs and alcohol in the workplace yeah. and 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 redundancies and restructures and fearful things that people worry about each and every day uh but we've then also put up some barriers where people feel scared to sometimes say anything yeah. so that thing and then we end up with these catastrophes so uh so i think it's about that openness that transparency really up early about saying what your organisation is, what it isn't, what you guys mm -hmm. stand for, what is going to be the length of time and how people kind of come into an organisation so that it doesn't become these uh, these clinical uh, places that people spend so much time. And, and we're so passionate about that because people spend so much time at yeah. work potentially uh, and then how they, how they, you know, feel at work impacts what they're like at home impacts what they're like in their relationships, impacts what they're like in the community. And so we know that if we can help people have great relationships at work, it impacts all the other relationships they have in their life. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you know, the third white paper I'm, I'm going to be writing is on the, the need for humanity to be stakeholders at the decision table. I think we've got to get back to that point. And, and your point about mental health and us having this is a major issue within our organisations is something that we have to be willing to have those conversations around. How can we create safer spaces for that? Because I think this is something that, you know, it's like you said, there's rules and regulations to how you do things or don't do things. And then there's that line across where are we just you know, being friends with everyone and then where's that leadership side of, you know, mm. keeping, and, and I think that there's this, this fine and interesting because when you when you go over that line, there's the respect goes out the door sometimes because people go over that line and and take it down a whole different rabbit hole. Um, you know, so it's got to be safe not just for those that are a part of the organisation, but also for the leader as well. And I think that this is an interesting thought. What do you think about it, that? And look, it's, it's it's definitely a fine line, but I think it's yeah. about being really clear at the beginning so you know we say to people if there's ever a day like when they start if there's ever a day you don't feel safe valued or respected you let us know you never ever go That's to sleep so clear as yes raise it quickly we say secondly if there's ever a day um that you wake up and you don't love working for me you don't love working for the business you don't love our clients you don't love what i do mm. you do let us know. So that's not the, oh, I just don't feel like going to work today. That's the, geez, I'm, I'm really not enjoying what I'm doing anymore. Yeah. Come and talk to us and I will help you um, either within our place or, you know, ultimately somewhere else. The third thing, though, which is just as important is if I as a leader, this is what I don't think we do because we're worried, don't think you love the role, don't think you are passionate about what you do. Yeah. Don't you love our clients anymore it is just as much my responsibility to come to you yeah. and say hey can i have a chat you know is everything okay yeah. do you love what you're doing here anymore and having those regular touch points to say it's okay that sometimes you don't want to be part of my team anymore or part of the yeah. business or part of what you want to be here but my role is to make sure that while you're here you actually love what you do and for you to enjoy the you know to, to enjoy the or be passionate about what we stand for and if you don't then that's okay then let's talk about that openly and honestly and find you know find a solution to whatever that might be. you know and then the fourth is the open feedback culture so we give and receive it and say thank you you know the fifth is we, we work on one thing every 90 days and everybody is learning always so 
knowing, say, what they are for your business and explaining them early so that there's no surprises. So when we feedback, we say thank you, those are just disciplines we entrench into people early so that if you do those things and somebody comes and says, can I give you some feedback or, hey, are you okay? I'm not sure if you like your role. It's not a surprise. On the mental health aspect, I think my advice is is that we're not experts, we're not psychologists, we're not doctors yeah. or some of us, but we are humans. And humans, I think you know when somebody is feeling a bit off sometimes and, you know, yeah. in your gut, oh, geez, that person was a bit down today. And I think it's perfectly okay to go in and check in on people. And sometimes it's you might not know how to get things out perfectly. So it's yeah. okay. Hey, Kimberly, I don't know the racist, but I just want to check, are you okay? And, yeah. you know... Is there anything I can do to help? And so sometimes it's okay to not know the perfect language around how to do something. Mm, so good. When you know that something is wrong, you don't walk past it and you do raise it. Uh, and, you know, often employees will say to us, oh, you can't say anything and, and things will happen. And I'm like, you know, we have seen the, the, the negative impact of that. Yeah. We have seen the suicides in workplaces significantly. Uh, and we have seen, you know, the the impact of it, of, of it on team members and family who are left behind and mm. uh, you don't want to be missing a conversation with someone about about seeing how they are and if there's anything you can do uh, I, I believe so yeah. yeah how how can we make it less stressful in in we've all got targets to do but I think we need to enjoy the journey too and sometimes I think you know part of what we're leaving out of the culture that we're building within our organizations is that we're actually forgetting to enjoy the journey have fun together uh, you know, like, you know, part of what I love doing is innovating and, and jamming with other smart people yeah. and not knowing what I'm doing, but having fun together and figuring out where we could take this not knowing, you know. I, I think we lose a lot of that because we've got we've got to have the meetings, we've got to look after the people, we've got to get the targets, we've got to, you know, got to, got to, got to. Yeah, and it's it's continual, and that's what I mean is that the 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 organisations we would go into just can't see past the diary and can't yeah. see past appointments and can't see past this. So they may have had it clear at some point, but it hasn't been clear on yes. an ongoing basis. So I think the reality is, I mean, whether you know you set your business up for ninety day stints or whatever your rhythms are to mm. review things in your organisations, it's making sure that you do have those regular touch points to pull people back to the why um, and what you're doing and what's important and how you want to operate and how you're having a breakout. Uh, and I think those regular touch points with your team, because, you yeah. know, the team is actually, that they're generally pretty open and honest about it. But, you know, the amount yeah. of times we go in and we do check-ins with team and actually say, so how are you going and how long do you see yourself staying here? Oh, probably about another three months. And they're really open about it. And the organisation's mm. like, what? Like, I think they're going to stay for the rest of their life. And so, you know, I think sometimes mm. it's the checking in and listening and understanding what people are doing in your organisation and why they're there and recognise mm. not, not everybody's there, not everyone's going to have a business owner mentality. In fact, very few people are going to have a business yeah, owner. Yeah, so true, actually. Yeah. We're passionate about our businesses, but yeah. they are there for a different reason. And mm. I think all too often the expectations sometimes that, that business owners put on their team, you know, they can be passionate about what you're doing and they can be passionate about the cause and they can be passionate about changing the world, but they're not the ones having the interesting conversations yeah. with people and they're not the ones, you know, out on and, and doing some of the bits and pieces. So I think it's constantly the making sure that there is time in that diary when you're doing all those things that are great to actually let people know. Yeah, uh, I agree. And, 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 it, I mean, we do, like we we do this with like financial planners or with other you know, health businesses or allied health, and they've got these amazing visions to to make mm. people well, to heal the world, to actually you know make people feel better about themselves or whatever it is. And then we'll ask them one question: What do you do about that for your team? How do you you know make your team well? And they don't do it. Or financial planners: Oh, we want to you know give people financial freedom and stability. Oh, awesome how do you do that with your team and they just yeah. don't do it. so the piece is the opportunity is that 
that if you really want to keep that consistent, you can't just do that for the community or the world or the, the, the your clients or your customers. You've got to go back and go, how are we changing those conversations with the team? How are we changing those? How are we helping them with their wealth or their for their, um, you know, homes or uh, whatever it is that, you know, their happiness or, you know, <laughs> the bits are that people are driven in that bit. And that's the bit that sometimes gets forgotten. So, yeah. How are you, how are you evolving as a leader, you personally? I think all the time uh, we're evol- I'm evolving and I think it's the uh, uh, a, a constant, um, you know, and, and look at looking at um, uh, different strategies that uh, you can uh, understand your team better and I think that's probably what I'm looking at at the moment is uh, is those ways to uh, um, pick up on the the small uh, clues because yeah. they are small and so right now it's you know there are sometimes the big things and the career plans and helping mm. understand bits but for me the bit that I'd be working on right now is the little clues and the patterns of those clues to help you identify early in people uh, and they may be switching off that passion Uh, and because you can sometimes see it in yourself if you're really open and honest you know we call that that, you know you kind of leadership lid when you're operating at a top level that point Mm -hmm. that know that you're having an awesome day you feel awesome you know you're operating effectively and productively and you also know those ones when you're not uh, those those bits when you're having a bad day things get to you uh, you're not able to get done what you want to get done so for me what I'm working on right now is how mm. to pick with team and how to understand what that is because if I can get onto that then I can really help them uh, yeah. and I the most impactful because when you are having an awesome day and you are you know high-fiving you know and 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 happy and god it's amazing so i was like so the thing i wanted to work on for my leadership which i try and do every day is gosh wouldn't that be awesome if i could know what that was for my team and if i could pick that early so that i could help turn it around so yeah and and that is looking like what right now uh, so the little behaviours, it's more when people are operating at the lower level. That's easier to pick. And yeah. so it's the habits, it's the behaviours, it's the tone of voice, uh, it's the... Uh, so tell me one habit, one tone of voice. Like I just, I'm so interested in this, Bex. Yeah. So for me, it's, uh, well, uh, the tone of voice, I, I don't know if I've kind of broken that down, but I can I can feel it in <laughs> in, in the conversation. So there's a difference when you talk to someone and it's like, oh, I'm having a great day, to, oh, my God, another call, something's going wrong, something's going in there. So so there's definitely an, uh, a, mm. a, tone, a tone component. The second thing is we, we call it in control of your diary. So when you are in yeah. control of your diary, we know that people feel in control, but we have a lot of emergencies that come up in our business. Yeah, yeah. So we have kind of a block of time that we have for emergency time. Uh, and we try and reduce that, you know, per week mm. because we feel more in control. But the reality is we always have it. So if we've yeah. got it in diary and an emergency comes up, we still feel in control because it's actually still in our diary, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Identical. It doesn't feel like, oh, I've been taken off path. I've been taken off my course because something's come up. Well, something always comes up in our business. Yes. So, we factor that in as a regular so that we don't then not feel in control. But if we deviate from our diary, that would be another one. So if we are not getting anything done that we thought that we would get done and we are uh, doing other things, that would be a second thing. The third thing and perhaps the biggest thing right now uh, is the impact of people's uh, home lives. And um, I had it, you know, with my my mm. father. Um, my team have got it at the moment with um, sick parents, sick, sick, you know, family, sick, all of yeah. those things, kids that are being bullied, you know, all those kinds of little things mm. that happen outside of the workplace uh, and they are really critical too. So I think the other thing about leadership at the moment is recognising that if you're helping team, you're genuinely helping them through the workplace and inside. So that old thing, yeah. you know, personal stuff at the door is the biggest load of crap right i second that one who can do that right (laughs) 
have yeah. kids who are sick, people have things. So when you're employing someone, you're employing someone whole, and that means all, all parts oh, of I wish we would do that more often, though. Yeah. That's part of this new approach that I believe that we need to. You know, like that's why I think the how what we're feeding the data within us as a human is going to come out, and that's, like you say, it could be something infected in, infected. <laughs> Um, affecting your uh, home life or mm. your environment or your physical or like these things we cannot exclude it um, no. you know and part of this whole inclusion thing I believe is being that we are bring, bringing humans back to the table and part of that is the fact that we're coming back as whole people not just oh this is when I turn up and my hat is, is I'm the work person oh and then I take that hat off and I go home and now I'm the home person whatever that looks like doesn't we happen. cannot do that. Can't do it. People have lives. And, yes, you can be in the moment you're in and all that kind of thing. But the reality is is that can come crushing down if, if you get a yeah. call or something like that. And so I think the, uh, the, the understanding that you're employing a person, not a machine, is that the person comes with 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 family and lives and a story and things that are important to them and yeah. having ways to talk about that and and. Uh, I think is what helps build the connection, you know, is is the other piece. So, and sometimes those those home um, responsibilities overtake their ability to do their job, and that's mm. okay. But that's part of going back to our standards, which is, hey, we I honestly believe that every single person is exactly right for the right person in a business. But our role as business owners is to really clearly explain what that position is. But to also accept that sometimes people will outgrow it, they're not a right fit, their personal circumstances change. That's true. That's okay for them to move on as well. And mm -hmm. so it's about making that uh, really transparent and really clear and not a, oh, my gosh, someone's leaving. And, you know, if people know the, the, the rules of play or the playbook or whatever it is that you want to call it, uh, it then becomes a, a much easier environment for, for people to come in and out of your business. And that's probably the key messages we'd say. Do not make that hard. Like make it easy for people to come in and out and clear around what that is. And that helps us kind of start to humanise the workplace again. Because here, you know, we have these, mm. these final laws now to say, Kira Marie, at 2 o'clock, can we please have a conversation about your performance? You're welcome to have a support person with you. Um, you know, it's clinically the most revolting process when you work in a small team environment next to each other each day, every day. Like, like sometimes it is just, you know, at the point of ridiculousness. Wow. Uh, you just you just shouldn't get to that point. If you can establish an open feedback culture where people feel comfortable giving it and receiving it respectfully, then I think those things start to make a make a difference in terms of recognising that there will be a point where we're not going to be great for you and where you're not going to be great for us. Our job that is to work out when that is and to actually have some open conversations about it and not make it a fearful thing if we can start to change that and then realize that when people are in your organization our role is to give them some things to walk away with as well as the fact that they are here to contribute and deliver something meaningful to them and for the organization Mm, I think feedback's an interesting thing too. I think uh, some people are really good at giving feedback but not receiving feedback. And the other way, like, um, you know, they're good at receiving feedback but not giving it back and, and then it blows up. So it's an interesting, I think, you know, it goes back to creating a, a culture where that is a safe place for you to do both and and i think that's really powerful okay let's let's block it right up we've talked very much about individual as a leader then in our own organizations and in communities let's take it to the global space mm -hmm. you know i know you you love that as much as i do uh and you have a heart and soul for that side of it too in in we have seen across the globe many challenges, whether it's economic, whether it's environmental, whether it's social. And in many cases, we can say that it's, you know, it, it's on an increase. It's widening that gap between problem and solution, right? Um, 
what what do you see? What do you think about where we are at across the globe and how can we start narrowing that from problem to solution? Any thoughts? Oh, goodness me. I mean, I think I think we have uh, uh, <laughs> a very interesting world at the moment and, yeah. and we're seeing very interesting leaders around the world and we're seeing the impact of decision-making that has come from some of these leaders. Uh, and we've seen great decisions and and yeah. countries countries perform really well. And we've seen really poor decisions and countries maybe, you know, not yeah. performing very well. So I think that I think we've really had a multiplied effect or a magnified effect over, mm. over leadership right now. But I do think that the world is craving uh, effective, uh, an effective leader, and then they are craving seeing a, a global best practice example or seeing really yes, good ones. Yes, I agree. So, mm. so there's not those kind of really inspirational people that you could just go, wow, you know, there is, there is so many, you know, and and I think I think part of that is because you know people are picking, looking for the picking the the, the negatives yeah. in there. And sometimes we then miss the positive in there. I think sometimes because leadership is tough, right? People want everything now. They want yeah. inspiration, direction, and they want counselling. You know, they want they want. They, they want, want the whole thing. They want everything. The buffet. The buffet. But I, but I think what do we do to change it? Uh, gosh, I think it's a, I think it's a you know commitment for unification and actually trying to get it. And looking at Australia as a country, you see leaders doing different things, and it's like why can't on some things can we come together and actually oh, work totally other ways? And I think that then even when you look at how each country has operated uh, yeah. across the globe for COVID or for different perspectives, it's just madness when you think about there's mm -hmm. great countries and there's not and why haven't there been shared learnings around what that is. So, you know, I think I think there's an opportunity to to learn from, from mm -hmm. each other and I think there's an opportunity to do that without without judgment. Uh, but that's a really difficult thing to do because like organisations, like countries and, and certainly, you know, across the globe, people are protective of their backyard and, and looking bad and not looking, you know, like they're the best. And therefore that stops the ability to, to connect and to, to learn from each other and to accept that people do things better and to, to maybe adapt some of those things. So, so I think it's a hard one, but I think it's about a commitment to where we are at the moment and, and, and acceptance that it is, you know, what is that position that we're currently in and, then where do where and how do we open up those communications across the globe uh, to to be able to learn from each other, but also what 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 happens, I guess, with those decisions or with that information that comes out. Uh, and I think there are some mechanics there that, that that are perhaps missing to be able to make something like that happen. Yeah, it's such an interesting concept. It's funny because I'm hearing more and more individual leaders saying the same thing. I think that it's time for us to come together and to to as a more as a collective. And I know you know that that's big part of what I do in my work, which is like looking at how can we you know, I really want to build out a company that represents what a collaborative company can look like mm -hmm. and built through partnerships. And it's been an interesting just journey even to this point where I've looked really hard for great models across the world of where this is functioning at such high levels. There's segments of it, there's moments of it, there's fleeting uh, conversations and I go, wow, that's awesome. And then I go, how does that play out as an organisation? And they go, ah, uh, no. And and I just go, wow. And so I've really looked hard as a, as a company to figure out how we can be a role model for this. And the more that I have conversations around it, it's been so fascinating knowing that there are more people wanting the same thing. And, and I think that that's been even just creating an awareness around it has meant that I've had conversations around it 
and found out that there are so many awesome humans wanting the same thing. And I think sometimes we're not even having those conversations to start with. And it starts with us creating an awareness around it. I think the next piece of that is the ownership side of it. You know, what are we doing? And so one of the things that I do here is ask this question on every decision table from our conversation. What are you going to take from this? What are you, and maybe it's just reconfirming something that you already know already or that you're, or something else. Like, what are you owning from this to take in from our conversation? Uh, for, for me, it's all, it's, it is about work, the workplaces because not, I, I'm trying to make that a smaller issue, but I think that's the area that I think that, that I can help impact more and totally. creating more leaders that people uh, want to work for. That doesn't mean that they're the nice guys either, by the way, uh, but continuing, I guess, that mission of trying to uh, help build uh, effective leaders and 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 specifically you know particularly those frontline leaders uh, so because CEOs often have uh, got it but it's that next level down that has the most connection with the team that sometimes don't have it uh, so you know for us obviously we're you know our, our main game is the business owners but uh, I think from this the ability to influence that next level the frontline mm, leader that's that, so good you know, the big opportunity and I know that's kind of a, a much more localized and smaller impact. No, that's great. That's every impact's gonna that, shift um, the dial, right? I love yeah, it. And, and I think that those for me sometimes those micro shifts are the things yeah. that make difference. And uh and then it also is about that next generation of leader who comes through. Yes. For me I think the powerful thing is that if you can and I think they've got one of the biggest roles in an organization in terms of impacting teams so which takes us back to our main kind of goal which is you know happier team members lead to happier home lives lead to happier communities so you know that link i think is is really important as well i love that so if people want to you know know more about what you do and connect yeah. with you more where's the best spot uh, look, they'll certainly um, be able to get a feel for us on our website. So the www.bespokehr.com.au. Um, but we've got Facebook pages and LinkedIn pages and we love to do a lot of sharing. And so stuff that we speak about, we, we do regularly and in blogs and blogs and all kinds of things. So um, and lots of you know different areas about what leaders can do to to try and be more engaging and connect with team members and and really uh, make a commitment to be a good employer, which is which is really what we're, we're, we're trying to get more of our employees to do more of. Yeah, I love that. You know what I'm taking from our conversation? I've just been thinking what that will be. I mean, I've taken so many. I think you've dropped so many good uh, droplets of wisdom here. I think you're on the ground. You're involved with so many people and your insights are just fascinating. And, you know, I've listened a lot to our conversation today. So that's one thing I have done. And I've done that on purpose because I think uh, what you have got to say is just so important right now. And that's really... Um, great ways not just to say it but also to implement it you can hear the strategies that are behind it all which i just love so um i'm really grateful for that but what i'm taking from it is there's two things the in and out thing i think that that's really interesting and and creating a safe space for that in and out thing i think that that's an interesting concept and i'm definitely going to dive deeper into that concept myself uh, and the other side of it is the incremental patterns within teams and i think that that's always something that i'm interested in and i think maybe i should dive further into that and see how that can you know help build more effective and and you know on the other side of that is going to be more productive teams and i think how we we create spaces for those to function at the highest as a whole not as a, a singular is mm. also a important thing to remember as well and you know i always appreciate you paulette just as a human being uh and i feel like we've got to see the business side of you but there's such a soft beautiful gentle paulette side <laughs> that the world, honestly, like there is this side to you that I appreciate as a friend mm. uh, beyond the colleague side of it that, you know, was always very endearing to you. I think you have this this heart that 
is so beautiful and you're you really do care about humans and it really flows from you because you know you're passionate about what you do with your work but you're passionate about people behind the scenes as mm. a genuine human as well and i think that that's something that you don't talk about much but i think is really something you do a lot of and you you and and you can't ignore it as part of the whole of it being the effectiveness that you are like I, I don't know how to even explain it I think that there's such a caring side to you there's such a heart side to you there's such a you love humans you genuinely love humans but we often don't see that because we see the sort of da 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 da, -da kind of side of you as well and mm -hmm. I I want to bring that to the attention today because I think that that's also a huge part of how you are so insightful around mm. what you bring to the table as well um mm. how can we how can we bring that more into the face of what you do but also what we do oh i mean i think i think the the human element is something uh that you know is 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 always fascinating for me and mm. Uh, I, I think the the heart the heart is um, is the key actually to connection. So I'm a massive yeah. believer in um, what you do outside of you know your profession and what you do. You know there is a there has to be a link there for consistency purposes. And so you know the the, the passion I have for for work is is exactly the same. It actually is about. Yeah know helping human beings be the best they can be and so that congruence and that consistency i think is is something that drives me i think it's understanding what what you know going back to those some of those core things about what you're passionate about and that that brand that you want to have as an individual and 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 incorporating and, and and it's not just it's not just a professional one. It's it's your brand is what you're like inside and outside of work, right? And so, for me, the human factor, the heart, the caring, the empathy, the the problem solver, you know, they're yeah. all, all words or brands that 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 I would like to be described as, and and I think that's how I try and have them impact, you know, impact both sides so of my outside of my world and so and I think sometimes it's just about having a an attention to that because often we'll see leaders yeah. who have got this this presence in front of a team but then outside of work they can be a different a different person uh -huh. and, so, and then that is where I think sometimes inconsistency comes in so I'm a I'm a you know wear your heart on your sleeve but I'm an honest transparent shooter yeah. uh, and I, I I try and give people as much as I can, my attention and time when I'm with them, and I, you know, honestly look for particular things I can do to help an individual in any way that I can. Sometimes it's hard when you've got that type yeah. of thing. Do it and ask for it yourself. So I do try and make that balance where then you also have those people around you. Um, you know, part of obviously our relationship and our kind of groups is making sure that you have those people around you who you can pull from as well because you know if you're a giver and obviously you're a giver as well i'm i'm definitely a giver in my space you've got to have the ways to fill your cup as well so i think you've got to get the balance uh right otherwise you know you've been out but where you do have people who fill your cup it's just as important as you being the person who gives and help helps others so good but i i wanted to bring that to the attention because that's the side that i really love and adore about you beyond your work i think it's fascinating what you've talked about today and brought to the table but is you as a human being just that beautiful side where it is important to you to be a giver and to be passionate and to i don't know like it it's part of who you are and i think that that we like you said actually you actually did say it was we often don't bring attention to it and i wanted to bring attention because i think that that's the piece of the ingredients that is your magic touch to what wow. you do and who you are and i love that piece about you and i love the piece of watching as you sort of continue unfolding your journey and opening up to opportunities that you might not have done before but like you just kind of take it on and you go okay so how do i do this what does this look like and you know you rock up as a human and then you just do it and i love that 
that's that's what I love about you. I love about the fact that you can, uh, you know, see the best in other people as well. I think uh, that is something you do well, but also give give uh, freedom for people to walk away if this this is just not your jam. And I think that that's that's also a really great thing for us as leaders to be more effective and to keep you know like the today the lens has been around the importance of the muscle of human intelligence and part of us being intelligent and using that muscle is using things like this and being aware of this and then putting it into play and and seeing the results and and looking at that so thank you for all your goodness that you've brought to the table today i so appreciate you being here my thank girl. you for what you do i appreciate and love you to pieces and uh yeah thank you so much for, for having me on on the, on the decision table. I, I, I've loved it. All right. So I'm going to end this broadcast. Don't you run away anywhere quite yet, though. Amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, ensure you leave an awesome rating and review. Our hope is this podcast creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next, a curiosity for the need to be part of the change, and to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, then apply to join us at our next Leaders Movement Parlay. The link is in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to help build a tribe who make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, and movement changers. Big love until we see you on the next Decision Table Series podcast episode.